Good morning and welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 or on the internet or on our app. We don't know where you are, but we'd like to know. So if you can just like send us a message, tell you where, tell us where you're listening from. Maybe don't do any dangerous selfies that'll uh, yeah. <laughs> get you unstuck. Um, We're driving. Don't yeah, selfie. Yeah, yeah. If, and if you're driving, also don't text us because we, we don't condone. We yeah. don't condone do you, do you texting and driving. you know the UK just changed their laws and uh, you, not only are you not allowed to be on the phone while you're driving, you're not even allowed to have your phone on your lap anymore? Well, that's – isn't that what it's like in Australia anyway? Oh, is it? Yeah. If especially, so, if you're, a, if you're a pee plater in Australia, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to have even like a, a phone mount. Oh. Like, you're not allowed to touch it at all. Uh-huh. But you're definitely not allowed to have it on your lap. No oh, matter who you are, you're not allowed oh. to touch it. You're not allowed to do anything. And I'm behind with the times. But, like, if you're, like, a full driver, because, like, you know, if you're, like, an Uber or something, uh-huh. like, they, you're allowed to have it on a mount. You're allowed to use your, you know. Well, it's making it heaps easy now. And I'm actually, like, waiting to see. Because, like, do you know what Apple CarPlay is? No. Uh, so, basically, there's this thing called Apple CarPlay and then there's the other thing called, like, Android Auto, which basically projects your phone onto the center console screen oh, that's cool. of your car. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, a full phone. It's, like, a really slimmed down version of, like, your phone, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, interface-wise. But it's pretty cool. But it's, cool. like, I'm waiting to see when they actually make that illegal. Because it's <laughs> actually, you know, you're still doing the same things. Like, what do I do on my... If I was driving and i have my phone what would i do on it oh i probably would like i don't know read messages and change music yeah and like you can do that with android auto or apple carplay Uh uh so it's like uh, but but in the same breath like people change the car stereo all the time it's reach over and tap on the radio you know yeah well if you've got an opinion on that you can give us a call as well and we should probably do our Next clue for the quiz. Again, you, this is still open. You can still win a prize. But our next clue is, this is again, this is a who am I quiz. And our next clue is, though I was 120 years old when I died, yet my eyes were not weak nor my strength gone. So there you go. I actually read this yesterday. I heard a little little devotion, a little, uh, little devo from the crew. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. So, I, I know exactly who this is. I knew who it was from the start. Yeah. But if you have an answer, you can give us a call on 1-800-324-843 or give us a text on 0491064669 and you can claim a prize. And we'll love you too. Yeah. We'll love you if you text in. We, we, we love getting texts. We're just like, every time we get a text, we're like, everyone, everyone kind of celebrates in the studio. <laughs> it's awesome. But now we have our oh, encounter with God. And we just, once again, want to just uh, tell everyone that if you're hearing funny noises in the background, it's either me blowing my nose or it's <laughs> it's the life outside the studio because we are broadcasting this morning with an open window because we're trying to prevent Lawson from catching my mm. sick. So considerate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. I'm just really scared that if you get sick. Because you, know, you know when men get the flu, they get like man flu. And it's like a million times worse. That's a I that's just, a construct. I can't <laughs> I can't see you turning up to work sick, <laughs> and then it'll be like True. me sick by myself trying to do right. <laughs> Actually, Lawson just sang me a song. He in the, <laughs> while the while the news was on, Lawson wrote a quick little ditty and played his guitar and sang me a song. I might force him to play it on <laughs> on air for the outro. <laughs> 
he wrote me a little song. I really liked it. Shout out to our bosses if you want me to play this song. <laughs> if you don't want me to play this song, then tell us because it might happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced it should. It was a great song. It had me laughing, which is good. I need to be laughing this morning because I'm so not well. Anyway, let's jump into our encounter with God. We are very fantastically in the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. I'm loving the book of Genesis, but mm-hmm. where did we get up to? So basically, we read yesterday, um, we, we sort of finished on the end of the second chapter of Genesis. And we essentially, we were talking about, you know, at this point, man's being created, like the world's being created, man's being created. um, And then God, you know, comes and he he makes this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. And he says, like, if you eat of the tree, then you're going to die. And we explained how God was giving a choice here, essentially, um, because God is love and you know, to have love, it requires free will. God had to give Adam and Eve a choice. If God doesn't give Adam and Eve a choice, then, you know, there is no love. They're robots then. They're, they're robots, essentially. Yeah. So yeah. what he does is he makes Adam and Eve these free will beings and he puts this one tree in the garden and he says like, hey, don't eat of this tree. And and what that, you know, essentially the meaning is, is like, you know, we're in a relationship like any relationship, you have expectations of the other person. Like, it's, that's not wrong or evil. Like, mm-hmm. you know, me and Monica are friends. Mm-hmm. I, ex- I expect certain things of you. I expect you to be kind to me and uh-huh. I expect uh-huh. you to be your lovely, nice self, yes. um, like you always are. But, um, yeah, you have certain expectations of that person. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially God's expectation. It's yeah. like, hey, we're in this relationship. We're doing life together. This is my expectation mm-hmm. that you don't eat of the tree. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, because it's a choice and it proves that love is really existing in this situation. And we see that for a while, they don't eat the tree. You know, what this proves to me is that Adam and Eve probably love God. Yeah. Like God's just created them. God's done like everything for them. They're probably like they love God. Uh-huh. You know, and this is so prevalent in in our world. You know, the the Bible doesn't describe like you know, loving God and a successful Christian relationship. Well, it says, you know, the Bible does say, if you love me, keep my commandments. Because that's like the continuing on of, of that relationship. Because, you know, the commandments are the expectation that God has for us in this relationship that we have with him. But the thing about God is like, God is just the best partner ever. Because mm-hmm. he's like, no matter how much you stray for him, from him, or break his expectations, or you know, break his trust, or whatever it is, he's still offering us to to come back. And I love how David David describes it um, when he says, you know, he's talking about the his journey with God and the walk, and it's like the the just man falls seven times, but the righteous only once. Mm-hmm. Sorry, no, the just for the righteous man falls seven times, mm-hmm, but the mm-hmm. wicked only once. And what, what this is alluding to is that the righteous man, even when he falls, even when he breaks this relationship, gets back up. Gets back up. And yep. he keeps going. Whereas the just man falls once and he, he, he quits. Yeah. And he's done. This is like the secret right here to a mm-hmm. Christian relationship is like to a relationship with God is never give up. That's right. Because God's not never going to give up on you. Absolutely. And like, honestly, this is getting a little bit personal, but, you know, I can say in, in my life, One of the most, I don't know, I could say prevalent flaws I have with myself is I I really struggle with depression. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. Like, you know, depression is situational, but it's also, you know, it's also just inherent as well. Mm. For me, I find anyway, I can be in a really good situation but still be struggling. And, and yeah, like, honestly, sometimes I have the tendency to give up. Like, I'm just like, man, I'm so sick of life. You know, sure, bad stuff's happening and whatever, but I'm just like, you feel like, oh, there's, there's, I'm never going to get out of this. And I sort of, like, even as a Christian, I sort of trap myself in that place of thinking, like, oh, you know, I'm never going to be good enough and I'm never going to quite make it. Like, yeah, sure, God's, you know, trying to give me salvation, all these things, but I'm just never going to be good enough to actually take hold of that. Mm -hmm. But God's just like, man, like, don't give up. Like, I love you so much. Like, I've I've given everything for you. Like, I I know who you are, Lawson. You know, the Bible says, um, for we do not have a great high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was tempted in all ways as we are, yet without sin. Um, Like, Jesus gets it, man. He gets who we are. He gets what we go through. He gets the struggles and how we fall away and, and how we're like, we're not good enough. But that's why the son of God being Jesus literally came down as a man is because he knew like, Oh man, no human is going to be good enough. That's why like God's just like, well, I guess I got to do it myself so they can have a relationship with me. And man, this is a bit of a tangent, but I'm just great. I just love it, man. Mm -hmm. I just love God. And I love his grace and I love his mercy because he's just been proving to me over and over and over again. Like, man, like I've given everything for you, Lawson. You're so worth it. You're so amazing. And we're going to be sort of, fleshing that out here in this in this chapter in this chapter three of genesis because a lot of people cite this as being like oh man god seems really terrible we're going to be really really fleshing out and saying okay what's actually going on here we're going to continue with that right after this you're listening to faith fm positively different radio okay so we're picking this up in Genesis chapter 3. Again, we've set the scene of being that, you know, the world's been created and men have been created and they've been given the whole world as dominion, but then God sets up this tree and he's like, this is your your choice to love me, um, essentially. And then the Bible continues in Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to start reading in verse 1. The Bible says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor nor you shall touch it, lest you die. Again, this is uh, Eve. She's just repeating back to the serpent. Okay, this is this is what's going on here. Um. Like, this is what God has said to us, and that the serpent's coming. He's like, oh, you know, what did God say? We, we pick it up in verse 4, and the Bible says, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. Verse 5, the Bible says, For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Essentially what happens here is this this serpent comes along and we know, you know, from, from Revelation twelve and um that that the, the serpent is is dev is the devil, basically, in, in a disguise. 
Uh, he's putting this masquerade on, and he comes to the woman, and he makes this this accusation against God, essentially. You know, well, at first she comes, like the, the serpent comes to the woman and says, hey, has God said you can't eat, like, everything? Like, this is your garden. What did, what did God say about that? And she's like, oh, well, you know, we can eat everything, but God said don't eat of this tree um, because, like, when you eat of it, you'll die. And the serpent's like, you know what? God's lying to you. Like, that's that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. God's like straight up, you know, and then he goes, and moreover, the reason that God is lying to you is because he knows that when you eat of the tree, you'll become like him. You know, the serpent, um, which is actually, you know, the serpent is Satan, right? And Satan, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm like 99% sure that the word Satan means, it's actually a title. It's a... Uh, it's a Jewish, uh, sorry, a Hebrew word, it's Satan, which means deceiver. Yeah, yeah. I'm right. like 99% sure. Okay, cool. The, Satan is just starting here with these this slanderous campaign against God and instilling doubt into, into the woman. Um, like, it's heavy, you know, because... He, he, it's actually the record of the first... The first lie is what mm. he does here. It's the first insinuated lie yeah. that we have on record, like ever. Because you know when he when he says to the woman, "Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden?" And there's like there's an insinuation mm. that you know there's yeah. So we have the first lie here, an insinuated yeah. lie. And it's so interesting because like, you know, you you look at God. Right, like imagine being Adam and Eve, like from their perspective. You've got this God who's just created everything and then created you. He supplies you. He he gives you everything, like everything that you could possibly need. Like God is so good to these people. Mm. Um, but like, you know, Satan puts this lie in Eve's heart and we go on to see that Eve starts to, to doubt God. Essentially, and it's so easy for us. Like, well, it's kind of like with this whole Brett Kavanaugh thing, but just in general, yeah. like we can really know someone, uh-huh. and we can know them to be a good person, and then when someone comes and starts telling us terrible information about yeah. a particular person, like, I don't know, I just find myself especially like so fickle of a person. Like, someone will come and tell me something about someone that's, you know. I don't necessarily need to hear that's not not super desirable and it's like oh man did that person really do that uh-huh. it's like this this whole gossip thing and you know it instills doubt and I think you know if if someone's actually done something terrible you know I think you especially if it in some way affects you or if it affects your perspective you probably need to know that because the difference here is like that people are people you know and we do have the the propensity and the tendency to do wrong and bad things but this is like god this is like the perfect god that's given them everything and satan's just like yeah that that god he's a he's he he is not a great dude like he's just restricting you he's holding you down he's oppressing you and it's just crazy but we're going to continue reading in this story what the bible says um we pick it up in verse 6, the Bible says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruits and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, 
and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. This is like, this is crazy. Actually, I'm going to continue reading here in in verse 9. The Bible says, Then the Lord called out to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to me, who you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. Man, it's like, it's heavy, Uh you know? Um, But actually, I just want to read this next verse and then we're going to get into it. In verse 13, the Bible says, And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. Man, this this is like... Because this is the, the beginning right here. Like, this is the start of terribleness. It's like, this is heavy, you know? Um, this is the start of sin. This is the start of pain. This is the start of suffering in this universe. And it's like, where did it come from? And it ca- came from this this seed of doubt that, that was sprung up in in in. Eve's heart, this sense of, in fact, it's a jealousy nearly of like, oh man, God's like this and Satan's telling me that if I become like God, like... It's unfaithfulness. It's unfaithfulness. Yeah, yep. But I think as well, like, because, man, I just, I can see in myself, man, I I covet. Mm-hmm. I covet hard. <laughs> like I see people who, you know, are getting higher positions than me or who are you know, being praised over me and stuff like that. And I'm just like, oh, man, why can't I be like that? These people sucked. I bet bet they have something that they're doing wrong. And, like, man, like, I'm willing to admit that because I know, like, it's wrong and I need to, like, stop. I need to check myself before I wreck myself. That's what needs to happen with me. Um, Because, like, man, like, God has given me everything. God has given me every opportunity to do do anything that you know god's got a plan for my life and i'm trying to follow it and for me to covet something is just so ridiculous you know it's so ridiculous and that's essentially what happens here like god has given eve everything and the one thing that she she can't have which is literally to be god because eve eve can't be god adam can't be god even lucifer and that's what the original like lucifer's was rebellion was about Mm -hmm. is he wanted to be god Mm -hmm. these people literally physically can't be God because they can't sustain life. They, they, they can't like as much as God has given us, you know, the ability to procreate, we can't literally create life. Yeah. You know, like God does. We, we can't sustain the whole world. In fact, we do the opposite. We're 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 destroying and killing the whole world. Yet we have this desire to be something that we literally can't be. Isn't that just so ridiculous? Mm-hmm. But it's what we do every single day. And that's what the first sin was about. And it's interesting that in the Ten Commandments, the, the very last thing that God brings up is like, you know, the, the thing, the very last thing that he highlights is do not covet. Because like that was that was the thing that, that got these people was they wanted to be, they wanted to have, they wanted to do something that that they couldn't. And it's like, 
I think, yeah, we as Christians, we really need to like check ourselves. We really need to think like, what do I desire in life? Am I desiring to have better position? Am I desiring to have more money? Am I, am I desiring to have a, a job or this or that or whatever? And things that we often like are out of our reach or that other people have and is giving us bitter feelings because of it. Or are we desiring just to follow Jesus and, and you know, being reminded that like he's the one who supports us in every way? We're going to continue with this study right after this.
Welcome back to Faith FM. Man, what a what a banger. That's a good song. What a banger. That was Malvinas. Um Who with, we've interviewed here before. Yeah, so we've yeah, interviewed here yeah. before. And actually, mm-hmm. Malvinas is a member at our church. Oh no way. The church I go to in, in RTM, uh, Raymond Terrace Mission. Um, well, her husband is the the pastor of the church, the the church planter, um, because I, I'm I'm working for a church plant at the moment, and and that's you know his wife is Malvinas, and uh, we actually go to her house pretty much every day to have lunch before you know us and the Bible workers go out and hang out with her. She dude, she makes a mean pesto pasta, some mean yeah. rice and lentils, man. They they're good. She told me last night, like I said, I'm super not keen on Brussels sprouts, and she's like, I make some mean Brussels sprouts, so I'm gonna yeah. have to hit that up. But <laughs> if you want to come to church, experience Malvinas's food and or her singing, um, yeah, come along to Raymond Terrace Mission. You should. Uh, Look us up on Facebook or no, whatever no. it is. We actually I'd, have a Friday night program coming up this week as well. I'd come for just some of that pesto pasta. <laughs> Dude, pesto pasta is where it's at. But yeah, yeah check yeah. us out on Facebook, Raymond Terrace Mission, or Instagram, or whatever it may be. But continuing on, enough plugs. <laughs> enough <laughs> shameless plugs, man. I, I'm going to do it. That, that's the crew, man. That's yes, my fan. That's it. <laughs> um, but we have our last clue for the quiz today, Ooh. again, which is a who am I quiz. The clue before this clue was, though I was 120 years old when I died, yet the strength, uh, the strength, yet, sorry, yet my eyes were not weak, nor my strength gone. Now, this is the last clue, and uh, this, this should get it for you. Here we go. God called me from within a fiery bush. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, so, so where, where, yeah. If you know where that happens, if you know who this is, um, it doesn't give it as a clue here, but it's pretty straightforward. This guy, um, I'm just going to give this as a clue. This guy delivered the children of Israel. Yes, he did. And he was called from a fiery bush. Yeah. So if you know who that is, give yes, us a call on one eight hundred three two four eight four three, 324 843 or text in at 0491 064 669. But we're continuing on with our Encounter with God section today, our Bible study, and we're in Genesis chapter 3. And we just closed off with, you know, the understanding of of, of covetousness and how it really is like, you know, covetousness is also, you know, referred to as like the, the killer of all joy. Um, because it's, it's, it's like if you're just looking to what other people have, has, you can never truly be content or, or joyful or, or love what you have. And, yeah, we just, as humans, we need to really restrict our covetousness and really focus on God more. But we're continuing on with our Bible study. Um, and something else I wanted to bring up here. We, we read from verse 6 to verse 13, basically, which is the story of... Um, how Eve eats the fruit and then God, you know, seeks after them and and, and Eve's like, oh, nah. Um, like, you know, they sort of explain themselves. And well, basically after this, from this point to the end of the chapter is is essentially when when God, um, you know, he, he banishes them from the garden and he also makes the promise of the Messiah um, he says, you know, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. This is talking about um, the, you know, the, the crucifixion and the, the saving of the lost and the redemption and all these things. But one of the big things, the, one of the big questions that I always get asked about this, especially as a Bible worker, when, when you know, I, I tell someone this story or maybe they know about it and they have a question is, man, God seems really terrible here. Like, because he kicked them out of the garden. Like God is just, you know, that's that's not 
super so like that's not a nice thing for for god to do um but you 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 look in the context of this story that like you know then the lord god called to adam and said where are you so he said i heard your voice in the garden and i was afraid because i was naked and i hid myself like adam and eve are in the garden and they hear god and they start running away. Like, they don't want to be there. <laughs> That's essentially what sin has done to them. What what this, you know, this this rebellion, this sinful act is. It's put this thing in their heart where they're like, oh man, we don't even, we don't want to be here anymore. We just want to get out of here. Maybe, you know, it's because of their, their guilt or, or whatever it may be that they, they don't want to, they want to, don't want to be in the presence of God anymore. And yeah, sure, God is banishing from the them from the garden but it's because they want to leave like this thing this is actually something for me that kind of blew my mind because as, as i was becoming a christian i sort of had questions about this like oh man why has it taken thousands and thousands of years for you know jesus to come and, and why did they have to get banished from the garden couldn't have done god done something right there and then to just like solve sin and, and all these different things but no, what's actually going on here? What's actually taking place is that the 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 Adam and Eve, like God's children that He's made, are like we don't want to be here anymore. We're hiding ourselves. We're running away. We 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 don't want to be in Your presence anymore. And if you know, if God, you know, in fact, if God didn't love them, if God just wanted to control them, if God just wanted the worst for them, He would say, "Nope, you're staying here to be." disciplined and punished like right here right now like this is what's going on but that's not what god does god's like well look like you're a free-willed being i can't stop you from doing what you want to do i love you so much and i just wish you would stay but you you don't want to and so you know he gets they get banished from the garden and this this is the problem of sin because sin yeah. puts a block between us and Satan. Mm. I mean, sorry, us and, and God. And, God. Um, and because of Satan's deception, we have this misconception of God's character. You mm-hmm. know, Adam and Eve were running away. They were probably you know scared because of this death penalty that they you know had heard about and their shame and their fear. And it's it's a it, they misunderstood God's character. When mm. we sin, we shouldn't run from God. We should we should, we run should go to, to him God because He's got the solution, yeah. and that's the whole reason why Jesus came. He came to to fix this problem of sin. He came to remove this block and to give us redemption. Mm. There's that classic thing, you know, classic saying: "As soon as there was a sinner, there was a savior," and it rings so true mm-hmm. because, like, the plan of salvation was was there from the beginning. Like, as soon as they sinned, like, God says it here himself, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Like, God has it set up, like, okay, sin has happened, you know, but I'm going to fix it. And not only that, like, it's going to cost me everything. Like, God wants us to be saved more than God wants to us, more than God wants to exist. This is what the Bible says in, in 2 Timothy uh, chapter, sorry, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, the Bible says, um, God desires all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Um, for he pays a ransom for all. Like, what does it cost? You know, what does it cost for God to desire all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth? Literally everything. And God has, like, paid that price. 
God has like made that thing, you know, that that channel ready and available. And you know, our our topic um, for this Sabbath school is oneness in Christ. And we can see here, like, even though the human race and us, like, every single day, like, you know, even if you're like the the most anti-God person or the most God-loving every single day we have the tendencies and the inclinations to go against God and to go against this person who loves us infinitely. Um, but I guess what what comes to pass in at the end of all of this is like, you know, what makes so much sense to us, what, 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 what it's all about is yet while we were still sinners, God died for us. That I'm pretty sure that's from Romans 8. <laughs> um, but it's it rings so true all throughout the Bible. Like all, you know, God's character in every situation is just is just upheld and amazing because it's always men going against God, running from God, and every single time God is making for the provision for them to come back to him. And we see that right in the beginning with Adam and Eve. And, you know, oh man, I'm just so stoked that God has given us that. He's given us the availability he's given us everything for us to come back to him but we're going to be continuing on with our show this is ben and noel with i am yours
living far longer and far happier than most people in the world. And now, their secret's out. Six regions have been identified as blue zones, places where people experience holistic health, and it's doing them a lot of favors. So do yourself a favor and come along to the free Rethink Health workshops, where we will explore six core principles of health and longevity proven through the Blue Zones at the Swansea Center Sunday, October 7, October 14, and October 21st. From 5 p.m. is where you'll find us. For more information, call 0402-528-869 or search for the Rethink Health event on Facebook.
Good morning and welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88. And I just want to say, like, we need prayers for Monica, okay? Pray, like, hashtag pray for Monica because she's struggling big time. In the in the break that we had there, the little double song slash ad break, Monica was laying on the floor in front of a heater and it was just a sad sight. Yeah. I, was, I was just like, I'm Monica, well. come on, <laughs> come on, girl. To, they had to turn the studio lights off because the lights are hurting my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, know, do you know what made me feel better? What? You singing to me. <laughs> and I, I, I'm literally going to make you sing for the outro of this show. Oh, so stay I don't tuned. Know. I don't Moses know. Moses song he wrote for me this morning about me being sick. <laughs> So it's gold. It's absolute gold. Well, shout out to our bosses. If you're listening to the show and you don't want us to do that, then give us a call. But no, if, no, if you do, then, then we're, if we're doing awesome, it. We're awesome. doing it. It's going to be great radio. Okay. All right. Okay. I believe you. But speaking of great radio, I have a great question for okay, you. Okay. What's the question? So yesterday we asked, uh, mm-hmm. what was the Holy Grail? And keeping with the whole sort of Indiana Jones theme, what is the Ark of the Covenant? Oh, so the Ark of the Covenant is this... This box, right? And, and Indiana Jones tries to find it in 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 Indiana, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. But unfortunately, the Nazis get there first, um, <laughs> and they Nazis. get it before him. And then they they open the box, and and everything goes crazy. Um, so yeah, that's question of the day. Sweet. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me it's not confined to Indiana Jones movies. Well, it's actually not. Um, of course, it's it's featured in the Indiana Jones film, you know, Indiana Jones Raiders in the Lost Ark, but it's actually a real thing that unlike. actually does come from the Bible, unlike the Holy Grail. Uh-huh. You know, the Holy Grail was, was yeah, literally just a, a, just a myth about a cup. But the Ark of the Covenant was a real thing, and it was actually probably, no, I'm going to say it was actually the single most important piece of furniture to the Jewish community. Oh, really? In fact, it was probably the single most important piece of anything to the Jewish community. So, did everyone have one in their house? No. There was only one of them. There was one Ark of the Covenant. And essentially what it was, was it was a box. Okay. So, you're imagining a box. It was made out of acacia wood. Uh Uh-huh. And it was overlaid completely with gold. Inside and out. Oh, la la. With with solid gold. Had two rings on the outside um, so that you could... You could put some some poles through it and uh, lift it up. Well, it had, I think, yeah, two rings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then around the box, there was these two, which w- eventually became four in Solomon's um, sanctuary, uh-huh, temple uh-huh. type thing. Um, these The covering cherubim. So, these two, like, basically solid gold angels. Wow. Angel statues. Like, man, this thing is worth a lot of money. Uh-huh. But then, okay, so the lid then of the Ark of the Covenant is made out of, again, wood that's overlaid in solid gold. And then on top of that is this thing that's called the Shekinah Glory. Okay. And literally what this is, is the living presence of God on earth. Wow. This is like the crazy. This is what, so this is why it's so important. Yeah, what it physically looks like, like what it would physically look like if you walked in and you saw the Ark of the Covenant, is you know a glowing ball on top of this box. Wow. But also, what made the Ark of the Covenant extremely important was what was inside of the Ark of the Covenant. And the most important thing inside of the Ark of the Covenant, and the reason it's called the Ark of the Covenant, is because the Ten Commandments were inside it. 
the Ten Commandments were basically, you know, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, God's law and decisions and his love for us. You know, after the fall, you know, of, of after the fall of man, um, after sort of that decision had been made um, to, to, to leave God um, and to do our own thing, you know, a lot of history goes past, but then that eventually ends up with, with Moses um, delivering the children of Israel out of Egypt. And by this time, they'd been in slavery for 400 years and they didn't even know who God was. They didn't know anything. And so God gives, writes the Ten Commandments on stone. And that's the covenant. What's a covenant? It's an agreement between two parties. And basically the covenant was, well, there's like, there's an old covenant and a new covenant, but essentially the the original uh, the 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 covenant that the Ark of the Covenant represented was this is God's law, um, and you know God's like okay, like I'm going to keep all of these things. You got to keep them. Are you going to keep them? And the people are like, yep. But then we couldn't keep them, so Jesus came down to keep it for us, and it's just hectic and awesome. But that's essentially what the Ark of the Covenant is. And uh, yeah, this is Reggie Smith and Nathan Young with Now Is the Day. Oh, 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 
Aha, uh-huh, we're all ready to hear your outro song, Lawson. <laughs> He's sitting here with his guitar. But you know what? Before we get to the song that Lawson wrote for me today to cheer me up because I'm so sick, we have something to give away. Give us a call right now. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. You can get a copy of the wonderful DVD, Kingdom Come, The History of Tomorrow. This is a historical documentary. It's an incredible account of Daniel Chapter 2. You want this DVD now. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Lawson, do you have something to sing to me? Yeah, I do. I just want to preface this by saying um, I didn't plan on singing this, <laughs> um, and this is going to be really bad. It was somewhat inspired by the show Friends, um, and if you've seen Friends, then you'll hear it. But um, yeah, this is the song that I sang to Monica to make her feel better. So I hope you can hear it well. It should. It's actually probably going to be really bad quality, but yeah, shout out the fans. <laughs> Yeah, here we go. Monica, happy Hanukkah, but you keep blowing your nose and ruining the show. It's terrible and it's so gross, but we love you and we hope you get better, so you stop ruining the show, because you're an awesome host and we love you so much. But if you always blow your nose, you're always ruining the show. Alright, here's the breakdown. Monica! Please stop being sick or you'll continue to ruin the show. Because we love you and we care about you. So just stop ruining the show. I have never seen your love move. No, I've never seen its way. It stands like a strong tower that no storm could ever shake. No, I've never seen your love move. No, the colors of it.
God's power As I make this pledge to you That my love would be a strong tower That I'll be forever true I'll give my all to make you happy Be your support and know you too And you'll be safe in my